Welcome to the NNBN podcast, talking with businesses, charities, and organizations across Northamptonshire. Sponsored by Poppy Design Studio. Find us at poppydesignstudio.com. So next up on the next podcast is uh, with Robin Weber-Jones, who's the principal of uh, the uh, Tresham College Group, which is part of the Bedford College Group. And I'm going to get this right, but it also in oh, Robin, I'll tell you what, you may as well introduce yourself, actually, because I'll tell you what, there's a lot here, isn't there? Well, it's well, so we're a diverse organisation, but look, firstly, Simon, thank you for uh, thank you for for having us on the, the podcast. It's kind of great to be uh, able to talk to you and, and and everybody in the in the network. Um, so the the Bedford College Group itself, uh, which is the organisation I work for, is the seventh largest um, general further education college group in the country, um, and we comprise uh, a range of different colleges. Um, and in there, I look after Tresham College, which has campuses in Corby, Kettering and Wellingborough. Uh, I also look after the National College for Motorsport, which is based uh, at Silverstone, uh, just next to the circuit there. And uh, I also look after the newly opened Corby Sixth Form and alongside that, the, the Bedford Sixth Form, which is a, another kind of college within within the group as well. Uh, we have a, a whole range of other colleges, Central Beds, Bedford College, Shuttleworth College with, within the group. But my um, my great colleagues get to look after those. So uh, so it's all good. And that's the reason why I let you do the introduction there, <laughs> not me, because there is a lot within the Bedford College group. But uh, thank you for clearing that up. And you mentioned the Corby Sixth Form. We'll come on to that very shortly. But um Wow, um, college, it's a pretty impressive place from what I've seen from the building, the uh, great assets there as well, which uh, can be used for the community as well. But um, your actual role there as the principal sort of oversees the whole of what you've just described there, doesn't it? So the role of a principal traditionally in education was was about leading learning. And I think how we think about learning and how we think about skills has changed certainly quite dramatically in the in the past sort of 10 to 15 years, but I think even more dramatically in the last 12 months or so, really. Um, so our role and the way in which I kind of try and think about Tresham in particular, because that's, that's uh, very closely tied into the, the fabric of, of Northamptonshire, really, is about how we are an anchor institution. And so by that, it's about how we create opportunities for young people to come and learn all the skills that they need to take them forward to flourish now you know that's using some of those incredible facilities that, that we have um, to teach people to go into the construction trades or to go into the health profession or go and set up their own businesses or go into digital things or whatever else but it's also about how we support people to develop kind of qualities that, that you might term human skills. So, you know, their ability to collaborate, work with others, do projects, all of those sorts of things which are so critical to the future workforce. And we know that if we have people working in jobs that they enjoy, um, you know, that's good for the economy and it's good for them. And, it you know, it means that the that the area becomes an, an even better place to, to live. So... You know, so my role is really around how we start to engage a broad range of networks, business, voluntary, community, social enterprise sector, in with education, so that we can support people either reskilling, upskilling, getting into the workplace, or in fact, thinking more long term about the career that they might have in two or three years time. 
Yeah, brilliant. And you mentioned about the skills, obviously, firstly, because uh, there's obviously quite a bit we're going to be talking through in the next sort of 15, 20 minutes. But um, how important is you know some of the skills that you're training for at the moment, for the workplace at the moment? Do you think that there's a lot of opportunities out there for students to progress into these roles? Or is it quite a, a, a challenging uh, landscape that we've seen because um yeah we hear a lot of things where people say oh you know students aren't quite work ready or we hear they haven't got the employment opportunities for what's being taught and it's about closing that gap so what, what's your sort of thoughts on it um so i think it's uh, you know it's incredibly complicated and, and incredibly um an incredibly dynamic thing i think what's so first of all to kind of unpack the first part of your question in terms of things people come to learn, there are loads of job opportunities out there. And often it's about people being, you know, making sure that they've got the ambition for themselves, really. And obviously, and it's not just at Tresham or the Corby Sixth Form, it's actually any college in the country should do and will do anything that they can to support individuals to to gain the career that they want to gain by learning those subject-specific skills in, in whatever sector it is that they, they choose to go and work in. Our curriculum, and, and again, the curriculum in most colleges, now has some kind of employer engagement, work experience, work-related learning, uh, an industry project as standard. So, you know, most young people or, or adults coming to retrain will have that connection back to industry. And that's really important to make sure that the skills that are being learned are current. We often hear challenges around things like English and maths and um you know, as as any kind of post-16 learning provider has to do, we have to make sure that individuals keep studying English and maths so they get at least a grade four GCSE or in old money C equivalent. Um, and we have to, you know, we have to do that until till they're 18 because they're a kind of, you know, they're, they're a really important life skill being able to kind of use language and use number and to be able to read and to interpret. But increasingly, you know, we see employers and when we engage with employer networks and when we talk about all the work we're doing, we see employers say to us, you know, what we want are people who can problem solve. We want people with a good sense of humor. We want people who can bring the kind of whole selves into the organization. And we do everything that we can. Uh, and again, you know, it isn't just about us. It's about the whole college sector, really do all that they can to support people to do that. So, for example, the way in which we might start to timetable our access to higher education provision for adults looking to reskill and maybe going to nursing or going to uh, go into another career, a whole timetabling will hopefully fit around their family and their other work commitments. If you're a, a young person, sort of 16, 17 years of age coming in, we will make sure that there is project work for people to be doing so they can develop critical skills, evaluative skills, all of those things that are so important to employers and to, to making sure that kind of workplaces and businesses thrive. And a big part of that is, is of course, all about ambition and how we, we make sure that we understand barriers people have to learning and their starting points and and do all we can to try and get them on get them on the right track. And I guess the the thing that I task my teams to do and, and that we are tasked to do by government every day is to make sure that we're really understanding um, the backgrounds and the circumstances of those individuals so we can we can make sure we support them, we can make sure that we celebrate uh, differences and diversity and that we provide kind of um, equity for all, really, who, who walk through the door. 
Yeah, it's great to hear because you, you are there as that sort of stepping stone from school to then obviously then play the the, the, the role of the college and then into the workforce with things like apprenticeships and things. And, and we talk about T-levels yeah. as well and, and and everything like that. So um, it, it's great to hear that that work goes on within the colleges because um, it is a big step for the younger generation, isn't it, coming out of the school sector and the education sector into obviously the further education sector. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's great to hear that that goes on. And I think those transitions are, are really interesting. There's some there's some work that we've been engaged in. So I think across all all kind of phases of education, transition is a really really important and really critical thing. And if and if you think about the world of work, you know, as a business grows and develops, it transitions, and that transition needs management. If if individuals are moving job to go and work for a new organization or, or changing role within an organization you know that transition needs support and nurture and coaching and the same is absolutely true if you take a young person you know transitioning from a primary education setting to a secondary education setting and then from a secondary education setting into a further education setting so there's lots of things that we try to do to make sure that that that, that movement is smooth that people I guess, gain those time management skills that are needed to the independent learning skills, you know, all of those critical faculties that are that are needed. And it, it's those things that become really important, actually, in the work that we do. And I think one of the, the challenges that education providers or all skills providers have is we have this sort of language, which is often built around uh, funding regimes that we work in or inspection regimes that we're, you know, that we're involved in and, and you know, in, in many ways, lots of industries are the same. And so we have to work very hard and I'd be really keen to hear from, from any, any of your members really on ways in which this, this can be supported to make sure we get that language of progression onto the next step, be that university then into employment or straight into employment and, um, and the language of industry really kind of well embedded in the curriculum. So we're not having conversations about is someone doing a T level or are they doing, you know, an alternative academic qualification or whatever it might be. But actually people are understanding that, you know, if, if somebody has completed their studies at the Corby Sixth Form or at Tresham or the National College for Motorsport, actually there's a set of kind of values and um, attributes that they will have that can be translated into any business setting. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, transition, that was the word I was trying to think of when we were talking a minute ago. I was like, I know there's a word or a term you use. I couldn't think what it was, but thanks for uh, for clearing that up. And I, I suppose the college also plays the role where maybe the parents don't necessarily understand you know, everything about their, their child or the guardians don't necessarily understand because obviously the college does play that sort of role in the community, doesn't it? That uh, it does help our um, younger generations transition through, through life's journey. Yeah, so... I was reflecting, I was doing some reading um, the, the other day, just about, so if you think about the processor that's in the, you know, in, in every computer, it's in the devices that we're talking through now at the minute. If you look at how that has developed, grown, changed so exponentially over a really short space of time, it's kind of transformed the way in which the world operates, the way people communicate, the way business is done. Um, in many ways, you know, it, it got us through um, uh, the really horrific time that was the was the pandemic and and so on and so forth and so to a large extent what we need to do is make sure that we can in some ways go 
this is what the future might look like. Now, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we might not have been able to imagine technology being uh, and doing what it can do now. And I'm sure, like I, you know, it's really difficult to see just a few years in, in the horizon. So, so to see like 20, 30 years time, what will the world be like? How will, you know, how will automation, how will AI, how will all of these other things been involved in transforming our lives? But our role is to make sure we can have open conversations with parents, guardians, you know, employers, whoever it might be, to help people try and imagine what that future could be and where they see themselves in, in that future. And it isn't just about, you know, kind of somebody coming in and wanting to learn to be a bricklayer or a carpenter or whatever. It's about then how we say to people, well, what will that look like in the future and how can you build the best life you can for yourself and your community around it and then you know how do you engage in democracy and culture and sport and in everything else that goes up goes on to make a place so it becomes much bigger and it should become much bigger than than somebody you know developing really important skills that will that will carry them through to a, a much wider conversation about society um and again, that, that can become kind of quite difficult in some of the, the funding regimes and, and other things that we exist in. But, but nevertheless, we, you know, that's kind of what's really exciting, actually, and where we can be really inventive and, and, and hopefully where people can really start to think about their future in, a, in an optimistic way. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the future because obviously we are seeing a lot of change. We're seeing obviously AI is becoming more and more popular every day and, and more and more involved in our lives. But um, what about things like um, you know, simple car mechanics? Are the courses that the college is training on maybe EVs and things like that with the electric vehicles coming in? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you, you have to assume that, that as an organisation for most things, we, we, we can start with the very basic skills, techniques, some of the very traditional um, you know, when it comes to things like engineering or motor vehicle or construction or painting and decorating, um, the kind of underpinning skills needed for the craft and some of the kind of the historical skills that were developed in, in those crafts right the way through to, to kind of, you know, modern methods of construction and certainly in the, in the case of motor vehicle, uh, what, you know, EVs look like, um, maybe even some horizon scanning, you know, what will cars running on hydrogen potentially look like? Um, again, if you, you look at the work we do at the National College for Motorsport, um, a lot of that is about training mechanics for the race industry and, and many of those individuals go on and have thriving careers. And, you know, we're having conversations at the minute about, so what does the future of, of race manufacture, race, you know, be, being a race technician, being a race mechanic look like? And then how do we invest in technologies um, and skills and staff development to be able to do that? Um, uh, you know, and, and in many ways, that's where partnership becomes so so key. So, so people might have seen recently, along with the, the UTC at Silverstone, uh, with the, the Grand Prix Trust, we've launched a bursary scheme for our students um, to go and be able to really develop their career. So get extra work experience as it's needed, get access to extra kit, resources, anything they need to allow their career to fly. Um, and, and that whole project wouldn't have come about if it wasn't for a kind of coming together of of industry of individuals who have been successful in the industry wanting to see it thrive in the future and you know learning providers being there to say well actually we can train that future talent if we can work together on what that pipeline looks like 
And these are all businesses or people from external advisors or whatever get involved with the college, which helps to shape future curriculum. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. So, and again, if any of your, um, if, if anybody listening to this is interesting across all of our curriculum areas, we are interested in how we can pull employers together or work with individual employers on shaping that curriculum, working with groups of young people, uh, being given live briefs and projects to be set. So I think some of our business students, for example, there was a, a charity um, that you put us in touch with, Simon, actually, who needed a bit of support around some, some event management and other bits and pieces. So, you know, some of our business students work with them to be able to support the work that they're doing. And that's that's just one example of, of you know, of many. Um that we have within the organisation. So we're, we're always really keen to to hear from people and work with people. And I think that's great because it's kind of a win-win situation, not only for the business that can obviously then engage with with uh, the college, but also for the college students to actually get some hands-on experience around, you know, typical life challenges or life situations that can go towards their studies and their own experience. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if any, anybody does want to get involved, Robin, we'll come on to that right at the end, how they can get in contact with yourselves and maybe, um, you know, explore opportunities in the future. Cause I think there was an interesting stats that was released, uh, uh, halfway through last year, I think from the chamber of commerce. So one of the, the LSIP meetings, the um, local skills improvement plan around about 6% of local businesses actually engage in the further education providers, which I was horrified at. I was like, wow, is that it? And I think, my gosh, you know, we, we, we'll do whatever we can to work with the college to, to help, um, you know, engage students and, and businesses and the college together. So, um, it, you know, I was horrified by that. It was quite an incredible statistic. It's, yeah, I mean, the, the, some of those things become quite interesting because, um, uh, you know, how people d determine FE rather than, you know, kind of, you know, well, well, I, you know, I go to Tresham or I go to whichever college it is that they might not know as further education. They might know it as the, you know, the organisation down the road that does does reskilling is 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 sort of interesting. I, I think part of what you articulate there, Simon, is is also to do with the, the kind of language barrier. Um, you know, we we train and work with thousands, tens of thousands of individuals um, every single year. And we're, we're always keen to, to work with more. And that's everything from, you know, partnerships we have with North Northampton Council, Job Centre Plus to, to support retraining um, individuals to, to get them work through sector-based work academies or careers events we do, to programmes for English, uh, for speakers of other languages, to support them, again, gaining the skills that they need to go and to go into work right you know through to to delivering you know a whole digital computing curriculum that, that lasts two years and is you know is is done in some you know state-of-the-art classrooms and things that that we have um so some of it is about language and some of it is just about making sure that you know we are our doors are open and that we are you know we are really up for a conversation and and that we're agile and we make things easy for business as well i think that's you know that that's the other thing if again if people want skilled people or they want to talk about how they can retrain their their workforce of things and and for that to happen quite quickly then you know we we're really keen for a conversation and really keen to to be as agile as we can be to to make that happen so engagement is critical, isn't it? So, you know, if people are listening, again, we'll give out some contact details towards the end. But, uh, but yeah, engagement is critical to be able to help shape, you know, to for 
you know the education sector to understand what business needs um businesses to understand you know some of the uh, student requirements coming out of the college as, as, as they move into um to employment so um you know you've got our full backing on that as well if there's anything we can continue working on with you to, to help to to do that then we're here for that reason um now we touched on the future a minute ago about you know what some future courses may look like with the green skills and things, but um, we haven't touched on Vision 2050 yet, which was the, uh, the big conference last year held at the Kettering Park Hotel. Um, what was that like for you? Because you were one of the speakers that day, weren't you? It's really great, and it's a really great project. And I'll tell you why it's great. Often um, we tend to think in, you know, kind of three, five-year horizons, maybe ten at a push. What Vision 2050 is trying to do is say, okay, what will North Northampton should be like in 2050? Um, what will the what will housing be like? What will industry be like? What will culture be like? And then you start getting into all sorts of interesting things around. Well, you know, kind of. So if you're going to do all that, what what kind of energy supplies do we need? What kind, you know, all of that stuff that falls falls through it. And of course, one of the underpinning things that affects all of that really is skills. We need people to go into jobs to kind of support the health infrastructure, to, to build the houses, to work in the local community, so on and so forth. So I was very fortunate that I get, got to talk about some of the um, current opportunities and challenges really uh, across the area as, as I see them and as we see them uh, 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 around that. And then from there, what we've done is there's been, uh, you know, people are interested and again, it's, it's, it's kind of open to, it, to, to everybody. We've said we will convene some discussions about uh, how we take that skills agenda forward um, and skills and place and, and what the future looks like. So we've had a couple of discussions um, with that's involved the, the kind of the council, the education sector, a range of employers, uh, yourself, Simon, and, and other business representatives, and you know any you know anybody else who wants to get involved can do really. And from that, we're developing an action plan with some short, medium, and longer term targets in there. So again, focusing in particular on work on educational transitions because that's we feel that that's kind of quite important. Doing some work for uh, young people who feel particularly disenfranchised to make sure that they get on a path that supports them to live a flourishing life in, in the future in the area. We're looking at what we know about the current economic regeneration skills landscape, where the gaps are and what it is we might therefore need to find out in the future and how we tackle some of the, the kind of really the ongoing wicked problems in there, as it were. We're also looking at how we can start to build skills escalators, not just with ourselves, but with other training providers, the university, um, you know, to support the health sector, for example, and a you know, and a whole a whole raft of other sectors. So it's still relatively early days, um, but already we've got some actions up and running. We are doing, uh, well, hopefully, doing a joint education industry AI conference in early March, and some details about that will be will be coming out shortly. So there's a whole raft of things that have emerged from there. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking up, looking forward to the kind of follow up events, conferences and to, to find out what everybody else has been doing, because it's, uh, it's a really exciting and, and, and interesting agenda and one that hopefully builds on the, the work of local skills improvement plans and, and other bits and pieces. 
Yeah, brilliant. Looking forward to seeing how it all sort of pans out this year as well, because uh, it's such a big, uh, big challenge to for us all to to really tackle in in different di- you know different directions and different areas. And um, yeah, but collectively we can uh, we can do it, I believe. And it's a case of just pulling people together to to keep you know meeting, talking through some of the problems, and and see what we can do to work together. So yeah, looking forward to it. You mentioned about the Corby Sick Form um, that recently opened, didn't it? In uh, in the town centre in Corby, how's that going since it uh, since it opened? It did. It is a magnificent regeneration project, and I can't kind of thank all of the stakeholders that have been involved in in pulling that together in, in, enough, really. So, um, you know, it's funded through the Leveling Up funds, are involved, you know, North North Ants Council and and you know and government, uh, which which was great. It involved, um, you know, the, um, the the owners of the building and that that you know it's the kind of old library and, and associated associated area around there that was um, not not in the best state of repairs i don't think when when we were able to take it on but we've kind of totally reconditioned the building we've made it um net zero so the the only bit of carbon that, that building emits uh, comes from the bunsen burners in the science labs and um, until they find find an alternative to the bunsen burner i'm afraid we're going to be stuck with um i'm afraid we're going to be stuck with uh with, with that small bit of carbon coming out but the rest of it's carbon neutral it's all new it just looks stunning it's a beautiful learning environment we've got our first cohort of students going through at the minute uh, obviously we recruit the next cohort in september we've run a, a number of open evenings and you know interest is is really buoyant um and you know it's um it's a great asset for corby it's it's a great alternative to kind of um school sixth form education which you know and, and that is right for some people but it's not right for all people so you know giving people those options is is really kind of critical and you know it makes sure that within the town we have both a kind of technical professional offering on our Oakley Road campus and we have a, a an academic offering as well and so uh, yeah we're, we're just ever so thankful for for everybody who was involved in it really. Yeah, and I think it's great because it's going to bring footfall into Corby Town Centre as well. So um, that will obviously add value to, um, yeah. or add further value to the town as well. So uh, it's a great, well done on uh, getting it open. I, I think it already is doing, Simon. I think the students heading into the town as frequently, you know, as, as soon as the, you know, their their lessons are over and things to go and, you know, uh, undertake economic activity in the town. So it's, you know, it's great. Fantastic, fantastic. So we've been talking about uh, engagement, how people can get further involved with the college. What's the best way for people to to um, to get involved if they want to support some of the activities or if they want to find out more about the the careers days, job fair days, and the uh, just general uh, you know engagement with with the college. Yeah, so um, the easiest thing to do is to uh, log on to our, our website. Now, the, the best way onto that, to be honest with you, de- might depend on uh, which area you're most interested in. So just go onto any search engine. There's a Corby Sixth Form. Put that in. You'll find us as the top link. Same for Tresham. Same for the National College for, for Motorsport. Um, alternatively, I'm, I'm always really happy to hear from businesses and um, and organisations out there, Simon. So I'm quite happy for people to email me. My email is rweber, that's W-E-B-B-E-R hyphen Jones, J-O-N-E-S, at bedford.ac.uk. I'm, I'm probably not the uh, not the individual that can um, that can operationally do everything, but we can certainly get get you to the to the right people that can and, and really take really take you know those conversations forward. Oh, 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 oh